guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror. And today I am joined by this sexy motherfucker that I can see on my computer screen, Josh from the Horror Movie Crew. Introduce yourself. Hey, thanks for having me, dude. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate the kind words, too, right out of the gate. Of course. Of course. What else would I say about you? Well, I I did pay you. (laughs) I mean, I guess I could have some uh, other choice words to say about you, but you know. That's fine. My two other cohorts beat me up enough, so I appreciate the kindness. It's nice to come on these other shows where people actually say nice things about me. (laughs) And they don't sit there and like patronize you and uh make fun of you the entire episode yeah i've just i've grown accustomed to it it just it happens all the time and it's such a natural uh state for us that I'm, I'm just you know when it doesn't happen i feel awkward you know how most people when they get made fun of or kind of bullied they're like they're uncomfortable yeah i'm the opposite like when people are saying nice things about me or giving me compliments i'm like i don't know i freeze up i don't know what to do or <laughs> like right now i just ramble uncontrollably <laughs> yeah you also got like a three extra layers of skin on your back because you've definitely had to develop a thick skin after all the beatings that you take on your podcast. Exactly. Exactly. That's I'm, I've got tough, tough skin for sure. <laughs> Which speaking of perfect segue into the next thing that I wanted to ask you about, do you want to just plug in your shout or plug in your podcast for the listeners real no. quick? No. Well, that's too damn bad to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I am uh, I'm one third of the Horror Movie Crew podcast. We're a weekly horror podcast. Um, we get together and we discuss some of our favorite and not so favorite horror movies. Um, we go through them pretty much scene by scene. We break down the scenes, um, not from an analytical standpoint, because as we say on the podcast, we are not genre experts. Um, if you're tuning in for that type of breakdown, we're not your people. Uh, it's kind of funny. We're going to be on uh, Chuck Goes to the Movies here in a couple weeks, and the movie we picked for that episode to do is um, American Pie because, one, all we talk about is horror movies anyway, so it's, it's nice to have a little break from that. But, two, uh, I kind of consider us, the HMC, um, the American Pie of the horror podcast community because we uh, we make fun of each other. We talk about inappropriate stuff. Um and we just get together and laugh and have a good time. Honestly, at the heart of this podcast, it's probably really a comedy podcast, but um, with horror uh, undertones mixed in there somewhere. So if that's your thing, where we put out weekly episodes, sometimes two a week if we're feeling really frisky. Um, but yeah, so check us out on anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on every podcast platform. So check us out. Damn, Josh, that was solid. Nice job. Oh, thanks. I I actually sat upstairs and rehearsed all afternoon. It's uh, two o'clock here now. So I'm like all morning I was rehearsing and I set my two girls up at the bar upstairs and we sat there and I made them sit there all morning and listen to me rehearse it. And finally they gave me the thumbs up. So. Oh, that's good. That's good. After, after two hours of you rehearsing it, they finally did. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I curse a lot, not because um, (laughs) I'm angry, but because it's just how I talk. And uh, every time I say a curse word, Lucy, she's our six-year-old. She, uh, she's the word police, self-proclaimed word police. And uh, yeah, so I get scolded every time. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I also wanted to say that um, I really enjoy your guys' podcast. I've been listening to your guys' podcast since I basically started mine last year. So you guys have just been really fun to listen to. I've you know met you guys and well not in person but i've just met some really awesome people you know you guys is who i'm referring to when i say awesome people um 
And uh, yeah, it's just it's just been nice listening to you guys. I think it, I think you guys do an awesome job. And I also wanted to commend you on your because um, do you write all of your notes like when you when you do like the the scene by scene thing? Do you just write all that stuff at, down? I used to when we started. I used to write it out by hand, and then it was becoming too cumbersome. So I started using my laptop. So I type everything. There's actually a picture of me on Instagram. My wife took when we were watching Sinister of me like typing it, but. This is a long, and I'm going to give a long, a lot of long-winded answers. Just so you know, it pisses Seth off to no extent, but like I can't help it. Um, so then, because then it was, I had the handwritten notes, and I was missing stuff. So then I started typing, and I found that I was typing out like the entire movie, like almost word for word. So it was like yeah. the podcast went from like an hour and fifteen minutes to like two and a half hours, which I'm I'm not against long podcasts if there's good content, but I for me it was kind of like selfishly. I was like, this is wearing me the fuck out doing this every podcast, right? And we were doing two, some, at one point we did three a week. Um, so anyway, we just started season two in January. So season two, I've, we have made it an effort to kind of, um, that scene by scene breakdown section really hit the high points. And then at the end of the scene, really dive into the intricacies of the scene versus what we were doing before, which again was primarily my fault, but it was just, uh, yeah, I get to long-winded answer. Yes, I I do take notes on throughout the whole movie for the scene by scene section. <laughs> I think I just think it's impressive. Like I think that um the work that all of you guys put into it um is just it just it really shows in like your guys' podcast when you guys do episodes and stuff. It just really shows the amount of effort that you put in because I just feel like everything is so um well put together. So I enjoy your podcast a lot. So I'm very very excited that you wanted to come on and do this episode with me today, Josh. So thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime I get to go, um, one of two things, anytime I get to go on anything and talk about me, I'm very excited to do it. Cause I love talking about my favorite subject, which is me. But as the internet knows at this point, I do have a, uh, a soft spot in my heart for Rob zombie flicks. And, um, I'm just really glad that everybody on Instagram banded together to make sure that I got to go on another podcast and talk about Rob zombie. So I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who are all these random people that are voting on here? I've never even met half these people. And I'm like, oh, of course, they're Josh's friends. Of course, that's why. Oh, shoot. You did have an all-time high voting number, though, right? Yes, yeah, I actually did. It was actually insane. I think I had, like, almost 60 votes total. Mm -hmm. See? It's like, it's like the, the 2020 election. Everybody came out of the woodworks to vote. So here we are. And we're talking about Rob Zombie. So what more could you ask for? There we go. That's that's very true. I also wanted to, um, real quick before we get into the episode, I, I feel like I've been rusty as of late since I came back, as in like giving thanks to people that have rated the podcast, rated and reviewed the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Because I remember uh, when Roman and I started the podcast, that was like, our big thing is to start the podcast episode out with like giving the shout outs and stuff. Um, I can't access the Apple podcast reviews from my phone because I do not have an iPhone. I have an Android, so it does not let me open the app up, but you and Jess recently left a review from my, for my podcast on Apple podcast. So I just wanted to shout you out again, real quick, Josh, and say, thank you for that. I appreciate the kind words. So you're very welcome. Thank you for the, uh, for the support. We really appreciate it. I can't speak for Jess. I wouldn't dare because she'd kick my ass, but uh, I'm sure she says thanks as well. Yeah. Yeah. And when she listens to this, Jess, uh, thank you also for leaving your kind review. Still waiting on Seth, but you know, mm -hmm. you know, 
That's just how he is. He's a selfish son of a bitch. I'm telling you. <laughs> only in for it. Only into it for himself, isn't he? Yep. If I wouldn't have bought him this meat log, he would have quit already. Have you seen the meat log? I have not seen the meat log. Here it is. Damn, that is some thick meat. It's a girthy meat log. It's real squishy too. You can kind of see the top pop out. Watch. Oh wow. Yep. Yeah, isn't that gross? Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, we always got to bring the meat log in. <laughs> it's kind of a tr- tradition at this point. It is. It's a, basically a bona fide member of the podcast, just like Miller Lite. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> uh, you and I had a conversation about this last night on Instagram when we were messaging. I was like, I hate beer. It's disgusting. It's the devil. I have to disagree. I, I thoroughly enjoy drinking it. Yeah. I've, I'm, I'm yet to find a beer that I actually enjoy. So everybody, like I've had people come up to me and be like, just try this. It doesn't taste like beer. And I'm like, okay. Mm, and I try it and I'm like, nope, it tastes like beer. <laughs> See, you're just not into beer. That's just, that's, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I yeah. thoroughly enjoy the taste of beer. So for instance, we went to Seth's um, birthday party a few years ago and I was driving so Abby could drink because Seth lives about 30 minutes from our house. And, um, he had non-alcoholic bush light and I was just sitting around drinking non-alcoholic beer because I enjoy the taste of beer. Yeah. I think it's a very acquired taste. So good for you that you can like drink that shit. It's really my <laughs> highest of achievements this, thus far in my life, all 30 years, 33 years of it. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so before, you know, again, before we get into the episode, I kind of thought it would be fun to, uh, you know, do kind of a 10 questions lightning round with you, if you'd like. Let's do it. So, uh, yeah, I can ask you a question, then you ask me, and we just go back and forth. So Beautiful. Would you like to go first, Josh, since you are the guest of the guest of honor today? Sure, I'd love to. Let's, let's do it. Cool. Hit me with it. Number one. What are your big three horror slashers? So by big three, I mean not what everybody else thinks are the top three or big three horror, but in your opinion. Okay. Well, Scream, obviously. Um, Halloween, for sure. And then if I had to pick the third one, it would definitely probably have to be A Nightmare on Elm Street. So probably what everybody else would say. (laughs) So you went Freddy, Michael, and Ghostface. Mm Mm-hmm. The Holy Trinity. Interesting. Okay. Well, I won't dive into that any further because there's a follow-up question for number two. So now it's your turn. Hit me. Okay. So, Josh, if you could only choose five horror films to watch for the rest of your life, which ones would you choose? I get five? Yep. Man, this this is... uh, That was very generous of you to give me five. One would be Scream, clearly. Yeah. Two would be Rob Zombie's Halloween. It's kind of cool. getting into <laughs> into our episode a little bit here. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Three. Uh, I wish I had our Stabby's list here with me because I could kind of cheat. But Scream, off the top of the head, Scream, Halloween. I gave you a tough one. Sorry. <laughs> no, there's just a, a lot to fill in. If you were like, what is the number one? Obviously, Scream or Halloween, Rob Zombie. But um, three, I got to go probably The Ring. I'm a nice bi- choice. big Ring fan. Um, four, I'm going to pick Texas Chainsaw 2003. 
the one with Jessica Biel, right? Yes. That's a good one. And five, just because I don't want anybody to get mad. This is my list anyway, so fuck them. But the fifth <laughs> one, dude, I fell in love with this movie at the end of last year. I don't know if you listen to our episode or not, but Ready or Not with Samara Weaving. Yep. I can sit down at any time and watch that movie. So I think if I, I don't think that's a movie I could take out and never watch again. So probably Ready or Not. That's a good choice. I love that movie. Um, I will admit, though, I've only seen it twice since mm. it came out. I watched it once in theaters, and then I watched it once with a friend when it came out. And it's it's not because I didn't enjoy it, because I love that movie a lot. Um, but I don't know. I just I haven't watched it since. I guess I just haven't really had the time, I guess. <laughs> it's one of those th- This question is one of those things where I'm going to go back later and be like, oh, I should have switched this one here and that one there. But I think if I had to, that would be because that gets me my ghost face fix, my Michael fix, my leather face fix, my Samara fix. And then Ready or Not, just, I, I think it's going to end up being one of those cult classics that everybody doesn't really appreciate yet, but they will yeah. end up. So that's, that's what I'm going with. Your Samara fix times two because Samara weaving. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. Samara to the second power. Exactly. Fucking rich people. Yeah, fucking rich people. Fuck them, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All, All right. right. My Ready turn. For- yeah, my turn. Oh, right? yeah, it is your turn, isn't it? Man, trying to, trying to skip me. Got a little eager. Sorry. It's all right. I understand. <laughs> Who do you think other people's big three of slashers are so again yours was pretty spot on in my opinion maybe i would have switched out one with the other i won't say who but i thought you'd be way way different than the popular opinion but what do you think the popular opinion is for the big three of horror slashers i would probably say scream and halloween 100 percent for sure because i just feel like those are those are just two that i constantly hear on every single horror podcast like i don't think i've ever heard a horror podcast that doesn't mention those two films as just being like the staples probably also friday the 13th i feel like a lot of people like that like those films a lot i've never been a huge friday the 13th fan do i mind the films no but like i don't know i just feel uh, I feel indifferent towards them. So like they've the Friday the 13th franchise has never been a franchise that I've really cared for all that much, but I would have to go with Friday the 13th as being like the third one that I feel like most people would probably consider the gotcha. Holy Grail. So you think the Mount Rushmore of slashers would be screen Ghostface, Michael, Jason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I would argue it would be Jason, Michael, Freddy, just because of the era they came out in. That's that's when I think of other people's ideal slashers. That's what I would go with. But uh, you yeah. know, I'm I'm prone to Ghostface. So yes, <laughs> yes, I I know how much you love Ghostface. That's but, why I. Uh, that's why I got you all that fun stuff. I know it was very very nice of you to do that. By the way. Oh. Pff. It's nothing. Um, you're my, you're my buddy, so oh, of course I get it for you. Tell all your friends, please. Oh, I will. <laughs> so you're around my age, right? You're how old? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. So we're roughly within what five years, six years of each other. But yeah. for me, I feel like I have the same feeling you have toward Friday the Thirteenth, that franchise, and I think it's because we with me, I'm similar to you. I would pick Ghostface, Michael. Um, probably Leatherface for me but when you think about the movies that came out when I was you know growing up you had Scream which was huge yeah you had um you had uh, I'm sorry you had um god damn it who did I just say Leatherface yes you had the 2003 Leatherface 
yeah. uh, Texas Chainsaw movie. You didn't really have that predominant Friday the 13th movie in there um, until later, which was what, like 2009 they redid Friday the 13th? yeah. Which is not a great movie. It's not a terrible movie. Mark and I were arguing about this the other day online. But I feel like those older Friday the 13th movies just didn't really hold up to what Leatherface and Ghostface had at that time in my life. That's why I mm-hmm. don't relate to Friday the 13th as much as I think a lot of older people do. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think I also might have a little bit of a grudge towards the Friday the 13th movies just because they have openly stated multiple times that they were only piggybacking off the success of the first Halloween when it first came out. Right. And I'm just like, do your own thing. Like, come up with your own original idea. It just kind of like bothers me because Friday the 13th is literally like there's specific parts of that movie that are just like shot for shot, kind of just piggybacking off of what Halloween did first and it's just like sure. I don't know so it's like I think that's why I also have never been a huge fan of the Friday the 13th movies it's just because I don't know like Jason Voorhees as a standalone like horror villain iconic like obviously he's terrifying sure but the movies themselves I just don't feel like have held up as as much as well yeah I can get so, on board with that but um yeah is it my oh it's my turn now right mm-hmm Wonderful. So, Josh, uh, if you had to chop off a piece of your body to survive, which would you choose? Um, my gut would tell me to go with my ear because I got these really big ears, and I don't feel like I've had my ear cut while I was getting my hair cut before, and it didn't really hurt that bad. Plus, what do I need an ear for? Well, I guess it's got to hold my glasses up. That would kind of suck, but I get a headband for that. But I feel like like a finger, I don't want to lose a finger because you need those and toes. Maybe a toe. Okay. Ear or toe? Mm, okay. Probably toe now that I think about it because nobody would really know that. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Ear or toe? Ear or toe. That's a gross nice ass answer. question, by the way. All right. Number three for you, <laughs> sir. What are your two favorite horror movies and why? Okay. Oh gosh. You're getting me you're gonna get me on this grudge tangent again. Yep. <laughs> People are probably so tired of hearing me talk about that movie, but I would have to probably say my top two favorite movies are gonna be you're gonna love this answer, by the way. Scream and the Grudge. My top two. In that order? Yes. Okay, that's fair. Nothing wrong with that. I don't hate those picks. Yeah, those are yep. Those are my top two: Scream and uh, The Grudge. So okay, yeah, and that's all I'll say because I won't go on too much about <laughs> either one of those movies because I feel like you and I could both talk about you know what we love about Scream for hours and hours and hours and understood. Know. That'd be a podcast in itself. So let's yeah, yeah let's move on. <laughs> all right, sir. Question number three. If you were stuck as the protagonist in any horror movie, who would you choose to be? Hmm. Who would I be? That's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Um, my gut says I would want to be um, Sydney Prescott just because she's such a badass, but I feel like that's like a really, really um, easy way to answer that question that's the answer i would have had so Um, you and i are on literally the same wavelength i feel like (laughs) yeah but i want to be different so who would i be can i be richie from it yeah i'll be really i'll be richie i feel like he's freaking hilarious in the new ones he is he's really funny (laughs) so yeah i'll do that i'll be richie why not good choice you seem like you'd be a richie anyway like 
<laughs> I think you I think you would have been great as Richie in the live action version if I'm being honest. Oh, thank you. I think that uh there was probably a lot of competition for that. Yeah, but I mean once you stepped into the audition place there would be no competition. They'd be like, "Oh, he's the one." Pick they would Josh. They would Josh is the one. They would have probably taken me out in handcuffs, called security, it would have been awkward. And I don't need that <laughs> on my record, so would have been very uncomfortable. For sure, for many reasons, yes. <laughs> okay, number four. What is your most unpopular horror movie opinion? Oh, God. I have to think about that for a second. Um, okay, I have it. I would probably have to say that my most unpopular horror opinion is that I don't like Sinister as much as other people do. Hmm, interesting. And the reason for that being is that on first watch, it's a good movie. And like, I'm not, I'm not talking shit about this movie at all because I, I do think there are certain elements of this film that are really great. Like specifically the found footage, like the, 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 the tapes themselves are really fucking terrifying. But other than that, it's just really a movie with Ethan Hawke walking around the house, multiple scenes where it's just him walking around a dark house and it's like, how many scenes are we going to have of him just walking around a dark house to fill this movie? Like, it's just like, I just felt like that's all it was aside from the, aside from like all the, the, you know, videos that he watches. It's just the rest of it's just him walking around a house, investigating noises, seeing shit. It's just, I don't know. For me, it's not as great as people say it is. Interesting. Just my opinion. How long can a guy walk around a house and make bad decisions, right? Right. <laughs> I don't know. We have we have an episode on that one as well. Um, we liked it, but you have to listen to it to get our take on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like I said, I'm still uh, catching up on all of your episodes. I've been listening to like the newer ones that are coming out, so now I need to go back and listen to the older ones too. I get into that habit of like, like same with podcast on Elm Street. There's some older ones that they've done that I haven't finished yet. Sorry, Mark and Brooke. I'll get to it eventually. Don't apologize to them. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, you're up. Oh, my turn. Number four, what would be your weapon of choice if you were in a zombie apocalypse? Uh, um, It would be a... I'd take Lucille. Give me the, uh, bar, uh, the baseball bat covered in barbed wire. Very good choice. Or Sorry. Michonne's swords. sword. Uh, give me the baseball bat. Yeah, baseball bat's badass. All right, number five... Michael, what is your favorite horror subgenre? Hmm, probably supernatural. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I love I love supernatural movies. Like as as you can probably tell, The Grudge is like my favorite movie. So <laughs> obviously, I love everything that's like supernatural because I just think it's a lot scarier. I don't know. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So number five for you, Josh. What are who are your top five final girls? Oh man, another top five. I know. I'm just I'm just beating you over the head with these questions today. I really I really thought long and hard about these questions. I actually like went back and forth multiple times and and took some questions out and you know. Gotcha. Well, I'm gonna actually this may I don't hope it doesn't upset you, but I'm gonna actually opt out of this question because I think aren't we coming on your show to do our top five favorite final girls? You are. See? You are. That's actually very true. So I really, will, okay. this, this just became a plug for our episode on your show. So tune in to that if you want to hear my top five favorite final girls. Yes. Horror Movie Crew Podcast will be joining us for that. So 
very exciting. Okay, so I will, okay, I'll change the question then. Um, let's see, I've got to think of a, I didn't even think about that when I was writing that question. I was like, oh shit. And then as soon as you said that, I was like, fuck, you're right. We are doing an episode on that. Um, That's all right. I'm not upset. Hmm. Okay. If you had to choose any horror location to stay at for a week, where would you choose to stay? It has to be a week? Yeah. Oh, man. Any horror location for a week? Like from any movie that you know of? Um, Probably the um resort they went to on I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Ooh, that's a good choice. Yeah. Or like the the resort that they just stayed at on uh I don't just stayed at, but they they stayed at on the Lucy Hell movie I told you that Seth and I watched it was terrible. Oh um, uh perfect get no not perfect get Pleasure away. Island or something? Fantasy Island? Fantasy Island, yeah. 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 One of those two places. Very nice, very solid. I yeah, I'd definitely probably stay at the hotel resort from I know what you did, I still know what you did last summer. As long as there's no, you know, hook wielding maniac lurking around well you didn't say that you just said what location so well i thought it was implied that you know you know what i'll take my chances then if that's the case i'm going to go uh i know you did still know you did last summer because i feel like i could take ben willis out no problem same yeah okay number six for you my friend what horror collaboration would you really like to see Great question. Like directors, like director wise, anything. This is your, this is your answer. Oh God. I've always had like a, uh, you know how like most um, football lovers have like a fantasy, like fucking football draft. I have a fantasy, like final girl draft of just like my favorite horror movie actresses being together in one movie. So I'd probably have to say like, if I had to pick a film where like all of my favorite actresses are in it, I'll I'll just I'll just quickly read off like my top maybe like top six favorite act, horror movie actresses. So definitely Mary Elizabeth Winstead for fucking sure because I'm obsessed with her. Always have been. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, Florence Pugh. Let's see who else. Uh, Samara Weaving and then uh, Nev Campbell. That what so. would, what would all these fine lovely women be doing in this uh, movie? I think it would be really cool if they were like from, I don't know, like if they, if we did like a, how do I answer this question? That's like two questions in one, Josh. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, you you don't have to answer. It's just up to you. No, you're good. I'm just giving you shit. Um, I think it'd be cool if they went to like a, like a school for, I don't fucking know. Hmm. Kind of like a, like a Charlie's Angels type of school where they all fucking like battle against all these fucking horror movie villains or something. I don't know. They could be the Avengers of horror movies where they get together and they um, assemble to take out each of the horror villains. There we go. There you exactly. go. Done deal. Very well put. I like that. <laughs> so my next question, question number seven, Josh, if you were asked to film a new horror movie, what would the plot be? Hmm. That's a tough one for me. Um, you know, I'm the uh, the slasher guy. I love slasher movies, so I would think that it would be... I would like to see a new uh, iconic slasher, in my opinion. I think that the last... I think Art the Clown from Terrifier will probably be what we end up getting because I think it went in 
I've talked. I don't remember what I've talked about this before. I can't remember when it was. At some point, I did, but uh, I think that it went through. We've gone through phases, right? Because you had your Michaels, yeah. your Freddies, your Jasons, your uh, Candyman. Uh, then you got your ghost face, um, and then the your Ben Wellis. Yes, exactly. Um, and I don't know from that early two thousands to now. What so we've gotten the guy from uh, Happy Death Day. We've gotten uh, Victor Crowley from the yeah. Hatchet movies. Um, and now I think right now it's Art the Clown. I don't know any other ones in there, but I would like to see something. Um, I don't know, just like if if. Some something with uh, a new iconic slasher that I could really get behind, without be rebooting cool. the same old stuff. Like there, I know Scream Five, or just they're calling it Scream, is coming out next year, but that's Ghostface, right? So give give me right. something new and, and refreshing that I can get behind. How about you and I just write a script together? We'll just write a slasher movie together. Yeah, we could it. probably work on it. There we go. Cool. Done deal, dude. Done deal. <laughs> Only if James yes. Wan picks it up. For sure. Okay. James Wan or uh, Rob Zombie. There you go. Could do Rob oh, Zombie. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> okay, what is say? I think I'm done. All right, I'm done with the horror questions now. So I'm into my podcasting questions. So what's your favorite part of podcasting? Um, I think my favorite part of podcasting this past year has just been, you know, just being able to talk about my favorite films because I've always just loved film in general since I was like, a young kid and horror movies, especially like when I got into horror, it was just an outlet for me to, you know, be able to sit down and watch these films and just forget about like, cause honestly it's, there's something different about going to the theater and watching a horror movie and just like forgetting about your troubles for like an hour and a half or two or whatever, however long. And I just always felt like that was just like my happy place. Like horror, horror movies have always been my happy place and like getting to talk about, my favorite horror movies like on a platform where I can actually like share that to like other people has just been so much fun for me. And also just like meeting all of you guys, like just meeting everybody this past year. Like I never thought when I started this podcast a year ago that I would have met like so many awesome fucking people. Like it's just been such a, it's just been such a fucking wild ride. And I'm, I'm so happy to so happy that I decided to do it. So perfect answer. Thank you. What about you, Josh? I'm going to not, it's, I don't have the same question as you, but I just want to, I kind of want to know what your favorite part of it is. Uh, well. For me, I think I, I just thoroughly enjoy conversation. I like con- conversating with people. And um, it honestly, throughout this whole coronavirus thing, it gave me and two of my best friends the um, ability to get together and still kind of talk and get our minds off of everything crazy that's going on. And obviously, we had no idea what how crazy last year was going to get, <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, I think that, uh, and, and for me, I like making people laugh and I thoroughly enjoy laughter. I think laughter cures almost every problem you have in your life. Um, so I think if, you know, you get together and if you've listened to the podcast, we pretty much laugh <laughs> for an hour and a half, two hours straight, making fun of each other, having fun. Um, yeah, it's just an outlet for that. And like I said, I really thoroughly enjoy conversation. Um, then it gives us the ability to do that. We've met a lot of cool people along the way, but it also, I'm obsessed with horror movies. So it gave me the ability to hang out with my best friends, talk about one of my favorite topics, which is, is horror movies. And then, uh, again, get together and laugh and, and cut up, which is, is always a good time. Yes. Great answer. So Josh, question number eight for you. 
how long do you think you'd last in a horror movie? I think it depends on the movie, but I think I would last quite a while. I see you as being a final girl myself. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I, I would wear that. Um, I don't, I kind of see myself in like a Negan esque role where, um, I think I would live long enough to go crazy. Yeah. To lose your fucking shit. <laughs> I, I just feel like, especially in like a zombie type setting, because eventually, and that's the whole primary theme of the walking dead, right? Is that the humans actually are the walking dead. I feel like yeah. I would be able to last through all that and through all of those trials and tribulations, any sane person. I, this is again, another podcast in itself getting into the Rick and the Negan comparisons. Cause I honestly think they're the same person. Um, I would love to see a walking dead, maybe movie or even spinoff where you actually see, uh, from Negan's perspective and yeah. it shows Negan as the protagonist and Rick as the antagonist. Cause when you think about all the things that went on during that, you can see how the saviors would have viewed Rick's group as the bad guys and vice versa. Right. But Rick Grimes yeah. was the star of the show and that's why you look at it as Negan was this terrible person. Anyway, answer your question i think i would last a while that's good yeah like i said like i said i think i think you would definitely be um in the last frame of the movie you know covered in blood probably sitting on a you know front front porch step smoking a cigarette like samara weaving and fucking ready or not that'd be the way i'd want to go out right there for I sure that was, i think that would be you i think i think that's your title i think you should wear it with pride josh and i'd probably be laughing just like she was <laughs> you'd be like fuck this shit yep okay uh so question eight what uh what movie or topic are you most excited to cover in 2021 oh oh goodness um i have two po- i have two episodes for that if you don't mind me answering both your show man all right so Obviously, The Grudge. I'm very, very excited to talk about that one. I'm sure all the listeners probably aren't super excited about that because they're like, oh, my God, we have to listen. It's bad enough when we have to listen to him going off on a 10-minute tangent about that movie, but then we got to sit through an hour and a half, two-hour-long episode of him talking about it, too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, um, yeah, either that one or I'm really excited to do the Blair Witch Project one. Um, I was actually talking to Tawny and Felicia from Two Chicks in a Horror Flick, and Tawny brought up the idea of doing that episode for mine and so i kind of have like a cool idea that i don't want to reveal to anybody quite yet um it's going to be a little more of a creative idea as far as like that episode goes so i'm really excited i'm going to actually pitch it to them tonight when we i think we're video chatting at some point tonight um i'm going to pitch the idea to them and explain them like what i'm thinking that i want to do for that specific episode so yeah i'd probably have to say those two also i'm really really excited to um come on to your guys' show and talk about Evil Dead because that is like one of my favorite horror movies of all time. So very excited to come on to your guys' and talk about Evil Dead as well. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's when we haven't, uh, we haven't tapped into that franchise whatsoever. So that'll be, that'll definitely be cool. Yeah, I'm actually kind of shocked that you guys haven't done an episode on Evil Dead yet. It was on our wheel of death for a while when we, because we do episodes called Krubies, which are uh, Krubies requests, which are uh, listener picks, and that has been on there forever, um, and we just have never gotten to it. Ooh, well now you can. So there's, there's only so much time, right? And we've uh, we've tried uh, we've tried to, to tap into what we what we could, um, but you know we're still young in our on our podcasting career, so we'll get to it. I promise. Well, we are getting to it with you, so there you go. Exactly. So, okay. 
Oh, here's another here's another one you're going to love me for. Okay. If you could assemble a team of five horror villains to face off against a greater evil, who would you choose? Five horror villains. Avengers. I'm in I'm like that's in this like five top five fucking mood today. I guess it's because we're doing a top five episode today, but Hmm. Um Okay. So I would and these are any horror villains at all. Yeah, and if I mean if you want to if you want to just say the horror villains you can. I didn't really specify on this question, but if you wanted to also like explain why you would pick each person like mm-hmm. for a specific ability or whatever you can do that too okay that's fair um so i guess i have to ask are like godzilla and king kong off limits no okay i would take kong obviously for mm-hmm. obvious reasons i don't feel like i need to, to go into that no. um but again i think that you, you take king kong um i would also take the creeper from jeepers creepers I would take now if I'm just everyday normal people, I'm probably gonna have to go with um, Jason and probably Victor Crowley for their strength. Those are gonna be my my front line warriors. Um, I think Kong is gonna be like my he's like my bazooka. He's like my uh, my missile launcher. Like if I gotta send him out, I will. But then I feel like I need somebody that can lead these people, right? Because right now I've got a group of people that are kind of unchained and un, 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 unkempt people that I need to uh, have somebody that can kind of lead them. So what am I going to do here? Hmm. Could I take, um, and I don't know if you consider this a horror movie or not, but could I take Walking Phoenix's Joker and make him the leader of my bunch? Sure, sure. I mean, it's not really technically a horror movie, but it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, it's horror in the sense that it's, you know, very uh, psychological. I, it, I, if I could, I would take Heath Ledger's Joker, but I will take Walking Phoenix. It's a little more, uh, or, you know, <sighs> yeah, that those are, my, those are my picks. That's it. Final answer? Yeah, <laughs> final answer. I, you know, obviously, I think people would expect me to pick Ghostface, but I don't know. It's a greater evil so clumsy yeah. not really who you want out there fighting for you michael's too slow i took victor crowley and jason for their strength and you really can't hurt them yeah and then you got kong but why wouldn't you and then the creeper can fly so i just need uh you know i need somebody to lead those people and kind of you know put the formulate and a plan and the creeper can regenerate too so if he gets like wounded he can just you know exactly exactly or you know maybe i would take hannibal lecter and let him lead the group that's my choice i'll take hannibal lecter to lead the group i was gonna see i was gonna say either him or pinhead from hellraiser because i feel like pinhead would be a great leader too i hate pinhead so you know (laughs) i've never been a fan of the hellraiser films either but i think he looks cool i think the look of like all of the cinebites in those movies Mm. are really cool but other than that, not my cup of tea when it comes to those movies. I don't think I've even seen the first one all the way through. Uh, we did it for an episode. You should go listen to our episode. It's pretty comical. <laughs> I will have to check it out. All right. So the movie or topic you don't have scheduled yet, but you most want to cover. So I guess something that you don't have scheduled with anybody yet, but you're looking forward to to hopefully diving into this year. Um, I'm looking forward to doing a... Uh, Let's see. I'm looking forward to doing like a, a complete um, franchise discussion, like doing, doing multiple episodes with like a specific podcast or a person um, and just going through an entire franchise and doing like separate episodes for each film in the franchise and just kind of like, you know, separating them out. But 
I would really love to do the Final Destination franchise with somebody because mm. that is like one of my favorite franchises, if I'm being completely honest. Might be unpopular opinion because I know that those movies sometimes get a lot of hate from people, but I would really love to either do the Scream franchise or the Final Destination franchise for sure. Gotcha. Good answers. Thank you. Was that your last question? Mm, is it supposed to be? Was it 10 or 9? I have it as nine, but it could be wrong. I'm really bad about numbering things incorrectly, just so you know. Oh, you're good. <laughs> so go ahead with yours. All right. So my number 10, this one's kind of a gross one. This is just a random one that I saw online and was like, okay, I just want to know what Josh would say about this. Would you consider tasting human flesh for $300, Josh? $300, no way. No way? How much would you How much would you charge to try human flesh? Oh, it's got to be in the six-figure range. I agree. I agree. But also, okay. is it somebody that's willingly doing this, or is it like, am I like, I feel like I needed a little backstory on where the flesh came from. Oh, I don't know. I have okay. no idea. I was just All thinking right. like, someone, someone, say someone comes up to you, you know, and they're like, or some mysterious person comes and knocks on their door and okay. they have like a, a suitcase that's like, has refrigerated human flesh in it. And they're like, Josh. Would you try this human flesh for $300 today? I would have to ask some questions. You know, I'm not going to just voluntarily dive into this human flesh eating um, fiasco without knowing where the flesh came from. But um, if it was like somebody that was okay with me trying their flesh, I can't say I, I wouldn't do it for six figures. Okay. Acceptable answer. <laughs> Oh man! So you have one more question, right, Josh? Yeah, I have one more. Um, so right. you, what is your ideal podcast collaboration? So you could collaborate with any podcaster. Who would it be? Oh God, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I feel like I don't know. I feel like I've already either worked with really amazing people or I'm going to work with really amazing people. So I don't. I don't know. There's are you just talking about like people that other people that do podcasts in general, or if I had like just any guests that I ever wanted on my podcast, any guests you ever wanted on your podcast. Okay. That, 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 cause I thought you were just talking about podcasts in general. And I was like, well, I'm already working with some amazing people. So, uh, but as far as like, if I could get somebody to come on the show and talk, probably Mary Elizabeth Winstead, if I could get her on the show okay. and talk to her because she's been in quite a few horror movies. So I, and I'm, I'm obsessed with her as you can tell either, either her or Florence Pugh. I would love to have either one of them on because mm, <laughs> those are my two main squeezes right there. So Your two main squeezes. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so what about you, Josh? Um, I, Joe Rogan, I'm a Rogan fanboy. I think everybody knows that, but I'm going to take the cop out and I'd go, uh, I would like to go on the Rogan show or have him on our show. Um, I think, I just think the guy's brilliant. So yeah, cop out, like I said, but what can I say? I agree with that though. Um, yeah, that was fun, Josh. Thank you for, thank you for participating in my 10 question lightning round. Well, I guess it wasn't quite a lightning round, but you know, whatever. 45 minute lightning round. You know, what are you going to do? It's all good. We're going to spend more time talking about, you know, the man of the hour, Rob Zombie, which I know you're fucking excited to dig your, you know, sink your teeth into. So, um, yeah, I'd try his flesh, I guess, if I had to for six <laughs> figures. Yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> would you okay so so let's change the question then okay would you consider tasting rob zombies flesh for only three hundred dollars is no 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 it's definitely it, no matter no matter the flesh it would still be a six-figure deal contract i would need and it'd probably be high six figures like gotcha we're not talking 100 grand here talking like it close almost the millions probably yeah 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 we're getting close we're getting there we're we getting close to seven yeah for sure for sure cool <laughs> yeah all right so listeners without further ado we're going to get into what this episode is about today so josh and i decided that it would be fun to you know have a director's battle against one another so i my pick was mike <laughs> flanagan which i'm really bummed that i didn't get to talk about my favorite mike flanagan movies today but i'm also very excited to talk about rob zombie as well because I always talk about, I feel like I talk about on my show sometimes that I have a very love-hate relationship with Rob Zombie because there are certain things with his movies that I'm just like, ugh. And then, <laughs> but the guy knows how to fucking, you know, direct. And, he know, you know, he has his, he has a very unique vision. And I think that makes him stand apart from like a lot of other, you know, filmmakers, especially the stuff that he does. But um, yeah. And then before we get into, so we decided to do a top five of our favorite Rob Zombie films. So before we get into that, Josh, did you kind of want to give the listeners a little bit of a, you know, a backstory on Rob Zombie? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so again, Hey, I appreciate everybody getting out there and voting for Rob Zombie to make sure that we made this episode happen. Um, I know a lot of people like Mike Flanagan, you being one of them, uh, you know, you just can't put Mike Flanagan against Rob Zombie. This is just what would happen. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't, you know, it's, I feel bad for you. <laughs> it was rigor Morris, girl. Rigor Morris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Rob Zombie, he was born in Massachusetts in 1965. His parents were actually carnival workers. I don't know if you knew this, but there's this story going around. I actually watched an interview with him a while back, and he was kind of talking about it. Um, basically, one night there was, there was fire set to tents. He thinks because they had gambling tents, he thinks that it was something that happened along the lines of uh, – a disgruntled gambler ended up setting things on fire and whatnot. But um, he actually watched somebody run up and hit, <laughs> hit somebody in the face with a hammer as a kid. And he said his parents just packed up and were done at that point. So he actually grew up around a carnival, which I, you know, I think is, is pretty awesome and plays into his love of horror movies. That being said, the guy's whole life revolves around horror and horror movies, which I think is pretty admirable. Um, you have some directors, in my opinion, that come in, not to throw shade at anybody, but let's just use John Carpenter as an example. The guy yeah. what didn't want to make horror movies. He wanted to make sci-fi movies. He just got famous and is heralded as this great horror director because, he, again, Halloween's a great movie. I'm not saying it's not, but this is what Rob Zombie's life is, is horror, right? So, uh, obviously, most people know this. I'm not going to dive super into his musical career. I don't think it's it's we need to for this. Um, and as I've said before, I'm not as big into his music as I am his movies. But he does have uh, four albums under White Zombie and six albums under the name of Rob Zombie. He has a new album coming out this year. His filmography uh, is starts from in 2003 when House of a Thousand Corpses came out. And it was filmed way before that. It took forever to, for them to actually get it out um, because of a few different things. I'm not going to go into that either. If you want to hear about that, he has plenty of interviews online talking about the issues he had with getting corpses out to the public. But uh, follow that up with Devil's Rejects in 2005. Halloween in 2007, Halloween 2 in 2009, the uh, animated movie The Haunted World of El Superbisto in 2009 as well. Lords of Salem came out in 2012, 31 in 2016, and then he um, put out the third 
movie of the Firefly trilogy, which is uh, House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and then the follow-up, the third, the trilogy was Three from Hell in 2019. So I kind of like what you said. He has a very unique vision, and I know you, you and I have talked about it before. You said you have kind of a love-hate relationship with him. But yes. what I really love about his movies are, one is just the grittiness of them and the, that grindhouse feel they have. The other is that he does whatever he wants. He doesn't care if people like it or not. You and I have had that conversation multiple yep. times. Is that, and I quote him all the time. All the time, this one saying that I, I heard him say in an interview was that if you if you sit around and wait for people to say nice things about you, you're going to lead a very miserable, long and miserable life, right? And yeah. you can that just comes across to me in all of his movies that he does. He does because there's scenes in his movies where I'm like, Ugh. for instance, <laughs> the the rape scene in Halloween too. I'm like, do we need this? Now, I did talk yeah. about it on multiple podcasts, and I'm not going to go into that either. But there are scenes where it's just like they're uncomfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what he brings to the table because to him, horror isn't a jump scare. It's not a Saw movie where you watch somebody cut their own arm off to get out of a trap. Yeah. He, and he said this on record that there's different things that make people afraid that are horrific to people and it's not the same for everybody. So yeah, in his movies, you have the blood and the gore. You have the foul language. You have the hillbilly, mountain-esque, like Otis and Baby and the Firefly family. You have all of that. And it's to me, it's realistic. And I know people are going to laugh at that. But for just based purely on people's where people are at in their life or the way they grew up, maybe they're, they haven't been subjected to these kind of things. But when you watch, um, there's this show, Abby and I watched it the other night. It's called The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Jessica Never told me. Never heard of it. Is, it that, is that on Netflix? It's on Prime. Oh, okay. Johnny Knoxville did a documentary on these people. It was 10 years ago, but Prime just picked it up for the 10th anniversary. Nonetheless, these hillbilly people, like Abby and I watched this. It was about an hour and a half movie, and our jaws were on the floor by the way these people acted. And this is them documenting how these people really live. And it made me think of the characters in Rob Zombie movies because you know how people are like, oh, people don't act like this. People yes, don't they. talk like this. Yeah, they do. And it's scary. Yeah. So, again, I, I know it's not for everybody, but I really do enjoy it. And I, I there's certain, and again, maybe I'm twisted, but there's certain scenes like in 31, the which we'll get to with the um, the little person who's dressed like a Nazi, but he speaks Spanish. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's hilarious. Same. But anyway, yeah, that's that's my, you know, five minutes of ranting about how great I think Rob Zombie is. But at, at the basis of it, I like it that he doesn't care what anybody thinks and he makes movies he wants to make. And in the instance of 31, it was crowdfunded. So that tells you tells me that, okay, uh, there's other people out there that, that think he's great and see his vision and, and just want to see his movies be made. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope, hopefully that was what you were looking for. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that, that was very well said. So thank you, Josh. Yeah. Um, also I wanted to ask you quick, like what, what time of your life did you realize that like you loved Rob Zombie? Like how, how has his, how have his movies, I guess, influenced you and your love of horror? I guess maybe you might've explained it like already with, you know, the fact that he just doesn't give a fuck about what people think. But aside from that, like, what about his, I guess, films make you really love horror? 
Um, for me, it's not necessarily his films that make me love horror. It's the things that he's brought to the horror industry that I really appreciate. Like when I, for, for him, for me, at least with him, when he first came on the radar for me, unfortunately was when he redid Halloween. Cause I had seen corpses. I'd seen rejects. Um, I'll be honest. First time I watched house with Dallas and corpses, I didn't get it. I was like, Oh, yeah. this is just a ripoff of Texas chainsaw. And then I went on with my life. Then I saw Devil's Rejects, and I liked it. I was like, okay, that's a, that was better than Corpses. Um, but then he redid Halloween, and I also think that I was just older and appreciated things more. But I instantly fell in love with that movie. And I, in my opinion, and you, if you've listened to our podcast, you know I've rated it higher than the original Halloween. I think it's a better movie. Um, <laughs> I think just the psychological aspect that he brings to that movie and that franchise is 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 completely undervalued and underappreciated, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I think that the hillbilly, or as he calls it, hellbelly, um, vibe that he brings to movies and just that tough gritting, I think it overshadows what he actually did with that franchise. But nonetheless, I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, yeah, so for me, I was kind of a late bloomer with him, but I've actually grown to appreciate his stuff more uh, the older I get. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's, I think that's similar with me as well. Like I've never, um, as I've stated, like I do have a, I do have a love hate relationship with Rob Zombie, but everything that you basically said, I completely agree with 100% because I just feel like he really doesn't give a shit what people think he's going to make the movie that he wants to make. And it doesn't matter like specifically with the Halloween films. And I've, I've, I've grown to appreciate them more now that I've gotten older um, cause when they first, I, I never really had an issue with the 2007 Halloween exactly, but I just, I don't know. I, I was one of those people that was stuck in my old ways. Cause I was like, Oh, Halloween is such a classic. And so I was like, why, why are we having Rob Zombie remake it with, you know, all the shit that he put into it. And the, you know, like I used to bitch about it all the time. Cause I was like, why does Michael need a backstory? Why does this need to happen? Why do we need to have this in here? And now that I've gotten older, I think I've definitely, gotten to a point where you know i appreciate the fact that he went a completely different route with the halloween film I, i'm using the halloween films as an example just because um as you said i you know i also got introduced to rob zombie from the halloween movie like i had i had heard of house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects but i'd never seen those other two movies before i watched halloween so once i watched halloween i went back and i watched those two those movies as well and you know, as I said before, like, I just kind of had this attitude where I was just like, I, I kind of didn't give it a fair chance at the time because I was just, you know, a whole, a total diehard fan of the original Halloween. So I was like, oh, this fucking guy's going to come in here and he's just going to destroy <laughs> this fucking movie and it's going to be a complete shit show and I'm going to hate it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're as bad as people say they are. Um, I do think they have their flaws, of course, but what, what, I mean, we can get into that a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you 100% Josh about, you know, all the stuff that you said. So I'm going to make you a big Rob Zombie fan by the time we're done. I can, I can feel <laughs> it in my bones. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm um, encouraging you to try. You can, yeah, go, go, <laughs> go for it. Try to make me a, Rob, a huge Rob Zombie fan. <laughs> but uh yeah so with that out of the way um do you want to get into our list now i know that we talked about both of us having an honorable mention so do you want to get into your honorable mention before we get into your top five pick 
Yeah, so I um, revisited some of these movies specifically for this episode. Um, not the Halloween movies because I have covered those things to death throughout October and early November, so I did not go back and revisit those. But as I was watching them, um, honestly, everything was pretty set in stone except for that fifth pick, and I just couldn't figure out. I don't know if it was because I was afraid it wasn't going to get mentioned, but I was like, man, this fifth pick is the only one that really uh, drove me nuts. So I ended up giving an honorable mention and that movie is three from hell. Um, I really like the movie. I think it's really entertaining. It's well put together. Yes. It differs from obviously corpses, but even rejects in the way that it's, it's kind of um, some of the lighthearted humor in it, I think is, is different than, than what rejects brought to the table. And you can just see that whole transition through that uh, firefly trilogy anyway. But for me, I, I couldn't put it in the top five. So I did leave it, out but i did want to at least mention it and say that it's not because i don't like the movie it's because right. the, i only have five spots <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of a slim pickings when you only have five spots especially like i can't imagine how hard it was for you to make this list it was pretty easy for me to make my list but i understand for you it was probably a lot more difficult because you're like oh my god like what movies don't i like of rob zombies you know <laughs> exactly so if it's not in here that i didn't not like it it's just that i only had five spots to choose from so sorry josh you're good man you're good so what, what was your honorable mention my honorable mention and i feel like i'm gonna get a lot of hate from people because i feel like this is one of his more highly regarded films for me it's a good film but it's not one that i watch all the time and i it, it's um i'm gonna give this away by saying this it's his first film that he ever made and so for me there's a lot to be improved upon and so for me, from like a technical standpoint, like it's not my favorite movie to watch because I just like, I can point out so many things that I find wrong with it. And just so many, like from just like from a filmmaker standpoint that I'm like, Oh, I don't like the way this movie looks. I don't like the way certain things, you know? So I'm going to have to go with house of a thousand corpses as my um, honorable mention. And I put it as my honorable mention because it was the first movie that really catapulted Rob zombie from not only being a, you know, a music like in the music, but also into horror films as well. So I had to give it a spot somewhere. So honorable mention for sure. Um, not my favorite film of his. That's why it's not in my top five, but I wanted to give it an honorable mention just for the simple fact that it's what started him off with his movie career. So, yeah. Well, this is going to be an interesting top five then. Now I'm very excited to see what your top five are. <laughs> yes. So, Do you want to get into your number five pick? Yeah, definitely. So my number five pick, I went with the movie 31. Um, I know that a lot of people do not like this movie at all. Um, I, I don't understand at all, but... You what? I don't understand that at all, because uh, I actually highly enjoyed this movie, so... Okay, beautiful. So um, I'm assuming you have it on your list than higher than five, but for me, it's... Again, I like the grindhouse, the, the feel of it. I also like, and a lot of people don't like this... I also like that he uses a lot of the same actors in his movies and you get to see them specifically Sherry Moon. Um, and there's a few other ones that you get to see in different roles. And mm -hmm. I really like um, the actors that he used in this movie, but I also like the, uh, cause Abby had never seen it and I was watching it last night after we put the girls to bed and um, she was asking me what it was about. So I was explaining to her what the movie was about and, um, you know, we were just kind of sitting there watching it and she was like asking me questions. She was like getting into it. Right. So I was like, 
Okay, so I think if she watches, she would like it, but she also enjoys horror movies like I do. But for, for maybe somebody who's not as diehard of a horror movie fan, I could see why maybe you just don't get it or don't understand it. But for me, it's funny. It's, mm-hmm. um, it is gory, but I also think there's a decent storyline to it, truthfully. And a lot of people I don't agree. like the storyline. I like Doomhead, the, the, the addition of Doomhead. That's a slash I didn't even think about that maybe could have could be somebody moving forward that you get a spinoff of just a Doomhead uh, yeah. movie. But, yeah, no. So my fifth pick was 31. I think it's underappreciated. I'm going to say that a lot during this is underappreciated. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's one you can just throw on and watch. You don't have to give a lot of thought to, which I, I enjoy. Yeah, I, I, I like that pick. Um, yeah, that's I'll, – I'll, I'll talk about my reasons for why it's on my list a little bit later. But um, – because it is on my list, obviously. That that was a spoiler when I said that I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> my number five pick is going to be Lords of Salem. Um, I feel like a lot of people hated this movie when it came out. Um, I really enjoy this movie. Um, I don't enjoy it as much as the other ones that are higher up on my list, just because I feel like there's some parts of this movie that just kind of drag on a little longer than I... This is more of a... This film is definitely more of, I feel like, a slow building type of movie where it's just like there's a lot of underlining, you know, tension and just unsettling kind of vibes throughout the whole film. But shit doesn't really hit the fan until like much later on in the film. So like pacing wise for me, Lords of Salem is on the number five spot just because it is a little bit of a slower movie to, you know, when shit starts happening, it does start happening, but it takes a minute. But I also love the route that he took with this film because it's different from, I feel like it's the most different from all the films that he's done because I, I feel like a lot of his films are very like 31 devil's rejects, Halloween. They're all like slasher films. Like they're all just like super, super bloody, super gory. This one, I mean, it does have its blood and gore, but I feel like the, the concept and the idea is way different from like anything that he's ever done. And that's what I appreciate the most about this film. And I'm, I've always been a fan of like, witches and just like all that kind of like witchy stuff like when i was younger i was obsessed with researching the Sa- the salem witch trials like when i was younger that was like something that i was morbidly obsessed with for some reason and i was like 11 years old at the time <laughs> so i was into like weird morbid shit even at a young age but it was always fascinating to me to like read about like the salem witch trials and i found it even more fascinating when i was researching this film in particular that they actually filmed in the town of salem so i was like that's really cool to me, that's that's a whole other element of um, something that I really appreciate about this film. So yeah, Lords of Salem is my number five. So good pick, good pick. Thank you. I agree with you on the aspect of this. It's a very slow burn, and it's definitely different from the rest of what the movies in his portfolio. So yeah, yeah, I think that was a a, a good thing to note. Uh, you ready to move on to number four? Yes. What Num- is your number four, Josh? I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm just so excited to like listen to our like your picks. Cause <laughs> I don't, I don't know where you rank these films. Number four for me is going to be 2009's Halloween two. Um, That's mine too. It's yours too. Yep. Oh, beautiful. We can dive right into it then. Um, for me, and I've talked about it. I forget which which uh, I think it was. I know we talked about it on our episode, but I think we dove into it a little bit on Elm Street and on Two Chicks and a Horror Flick. But again, 
completely underappreciated movie. I think that uh, people just the problem with the Halloween franchise, in my opinion, with the Rob Zombie aspect of it, and what he brought to the table is it's it's completely psychological and much different than what the originals were. And I think Halloween two for me is so underappreciated because you 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 take this deep dive into Laurie Strode's mental breakdown that she experiences. And honestly, when you think about what she's been through, through the the Michael attack in the first movie, mm-hmm. through finding out that her parents really weren't her parents, these people she grew, they raised her, they got killed, and then you find out they're not her parents. And then you find out she's actually Michael's sister. And then on top of it, you find out that Sheriff Bracken, the guy that is has basically become like your second father now, knew about it the whole time. Yep. And you yep. see this this deterioration, and what I also like is how it came around full circle with how Michael had deteriorated mentally, and now you see it happening to Lori. So for yep. me, I think it's and again, there's some um, some questionable scenes where I can see why people didn't agree with some of the decisions he made on some of the scenes, but at the same time, um, I think those scenes did play into the. I guess what I'm saying, long story short, I could argue any one of those scenes as to why it does need to be in the movie and why it made sense to keep it there, not just as gore porn. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I have I have a very interesting history with this film because I absolutely fucking hated it when I first saw it. The very first, I hated this movie. I was like, this movie is absolute garbage. It's an abomination. I was like, I, I, there was one point where I was like, I would rather fucking watch... Uh, Halloween Resurrection than watch this pile of shit and then but that was when it first came out and that like I said before when I was younger I had this mindset of like I don't think the Halloween movie should be touched I don't think that like somebody else should come in here and you know remake these movies and do their own thing like I was just like they're fine as they are so like that was just my like you know small-minded way of thinking when it came to his films at the start but as I've gotten older and I've watched you know Halloween 2 more I've really, really appreciated it. And what you were exactly what you were saying about um, Laurie Strode's deterioration mentally, like you don't see that in any other, like any of the other Halloween films, like with Jamie Lee Curtis, you kind of get, you know, in Halloween H2O, you kind of get like a backstory with, Oh, I've gone to therapy. I've done this. I've done that. But it's like, you never really see how this affected her. And so like in this film, it's more so, what what was interesting with to me about this film most often like with most previous watch i thought it was interesting that the film isn't really even about michael myers all that much like he's in it a lot but it focuses more on scout taylor compton's character going through all of the shit that she's going through and her her relationship with annie has deteriorated like her relationship like how she goes from being this innocent girl in the first one to just being this fucking person that's just like i want to drink all the time i want to go party it's and it's so realistic to me in that aspect i felt like there was such a a sense of realism and like that is something that i feel like would actually happen to somebody like that's exactly how they would behave you know going through all the shit that she goes through and then finding out all the stuff that she finds out throughout the movie it just gets like worse and worse and worse and i also just appreciate how fucking brutal michael is in this film (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean Tyler Mays the biggest actor to ever play Michael Myers and he's absolutely vicious, which I like. That's what I want in my Michael Myers. Yeah. I don't I don't want Michael that's that's going to the house and he misses stabbing her as she moves away from the couch and he stabs the 
the cushion or she moves down the hallway and he stabs her arm or whatever. Like, I don't want that, dude. I right. want that is the Michael that I want. And I think is the, I like that brutality that, that he brings to the table. And also not, and sorry to interject myself again, but no, I, you're good. You're good. I, I like scout in this movie. I think she is a great Lori. So I argued on other podcasts. I think she's, she is, in my opinion, she's my Lori Strode. So, yeah. Yeah. This is the, well, the first Halloween film is the film that really sparked my obsession with scout Taylor Compton. Like there was a moment in time where I was just, fucking obsessed with her like i was like i want her to be in one of my films and there's like a short story that i'll go off i won't go off on too much of a tangent but my friend kari she was actually in california um during the time like close to about the time when this film came out i think it was actually 2012 so it was a little bit after like five years or so but um she uh she was at like a store in california and scout taylor compton was there like she saw scout taylor compton like in person and she's texting me as she's standing there, and i'm like are you fucking kidding i was so mad i was like oh my god she's like i think i just saw scout taylor compton i was like are you fucking serious like i would die if i could meet her like that's hilarious but, yeah and so i don't know like i just i i agree i think she's great in this film um i also love that Danielle Harris is in this film as well. I think she's fucking fa- I think everybody in this film is fantastic. Like the everybody in this film is so good and I also just love the I love I don't know. There's there there is one scene at the end that I just wish would was different. Like I just wish they still wouldn't have him say anything. Like I hate the I hate when he's like die. I hate yeah. that. Yeah. That is like the one part of that movie that I was like mm nope nope nope. <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> well, there's two different versions of the movie. There's two different. You have the theatrical release and you have the uh, uncut release. And I forget which one's the director director's cut, but the ending. But there's one where he doesn't talk, um, which I actually prefer that ending as well. I don't particularly like when he does talk, but there is one where he does not talk, and um, I I prefer it better. But yeah, yeah. but what do you do? Interesting. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, so I guess uh, since Halloween 2 was also my number four, we can skip right along to your uh, number three, unless there was anything else you wanted to say about Halloween 2 before we move on. No, I'll do our, I'll do your listeners um, a favor, and I think I've exhausted my uh, Halloween 2. For, for Okay, before we move on, though, I want to ask you, what's your favorite kill in Halloween 2? Oh, man. So my favorite kill is definitely uh, when he kills Annie. That's heartbreaking. That, that whole scene is awful. And that's the scene. What's funny? Yeah. Seth, Seth on our show gave this a rating, and then he like was texting me um, a few days later, and he was like, "I'm gonna change my rating on the show for Halloween too." I was like, "Why?" He was like, "I because he was like I can't stop thinking about that Annie death scene." He's like, "I just can't get it out of my brain." He's like, it, "It's fucked me up." I was like, "Yeah, like it's a really good fucking movie. You should have gave it a better rating the first time." <laughs> Fucker. I remember you bringing, I actually remember you bringing that up in one of the episodes. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. Um, I'd have to go with the nurse, nurse kill. Oh, the yeah. Hospital scene. Cause that scene is fucking brutal. Right out of the like, gate. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That scene is fucking dope. Like that whole, that whole hospital sequence is really cool. And I feel like that's what a lot of people had a problem with, with this film too. They're like, Oh, it was a fucking dream the whole time. Uh-huh. It's like, well, well, yeah. Like, do you want to have like a whole rehashing of Halloween two where she's just in the hospital the whole time? That wouldn't make much of an interesting film, but right. But the thing with it being a dream is that it was all conjured up in Lori's mind. So it shows you just how dark her brain can get right out of the gate. So 
Yep. And I also really love, I also want to mention real quick. I love the scene where she's, where uh, she's yelling at the therapist when she's like, I don't need Haldol. I need my prescription. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh again, God. probably a very realistic um, uh, response <laughs> to how, how you would, would be after an event like that. But yeah. When she's like, how are you, Lori? Oh, I'm so concerned at a hundred bucks an hour. Oh, I bet you're concerned at a hundred bucks an hour or whatever. And she fucking goes off. Love that scene. That's like one of my favorite scenes. And that's, that's the funny thing is because I used to actually, you know, when I had such a hatred towards this film, I used to fucking hate her in that movie. I was like, why is she so fucking whiny all the time? She's always like, but now I like, now that I've gotten older, I totally get it. Uh huh. So sorry. That was a tangent. My bad. You're good. (laughs) All right. So my number three, uh, is going to be house of a thousand corpses from 2003. I, uh, like I said, the first time I watched this movie, I didn't get it. And I think that's why I didn't care for it. But having watched it probably 50 times since then and really having an appreciation for it. Now I I really do like it. It's different. Um, I think when rejects came out, it kind of, uh, vastly overshadowed house of a thousand corpses. And I think there was also this, um, stylistic change that he implemented in rejects, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a little bit. But, um, for me, yeah, it was his first movie, but it is entertaining I I often wonder if he hadn't done the um, Doctor Satan twist at the end, where mm-hmm. she, you know she goes down in the well, and then there's that whole thirty minute sequence of just insane things going on that don't really, uh, I don't know. I won't say it doesn't fit, <laughs> but it does fit because that's where they they were traveling to find Doctor Satan this whole time. It's just odd that how this hillbilly family ended up being there you know what i mean so uh again this could be a whole nother podcast but um without getting off on too much of a tangent i think the beginning of it's brilliant the introduction of captain spaulding one of my favorite horror characters is again brilliant i think otis is a brilliant character baby of course is is just phenomenal um my kids can see a picture of sherry moon they call her baby that's like literally my favorite sherry moon role is when she plays baby yeah like (laughs) <laughs> yeah she's great so i think and again it's so it's funny to me like the, when they get the when they get to the house first off when they're in spaulding's shop that that whole thing is freaking hilarious when they get to the house it's funny um yeah there's some weird scene the comedy scene with the grandpa and there's some there's i mean these people are gross but like i yeah. said there are people that are actually like this in the world and it is scary it's it's frightening how different people are um but nonetheless again i think that it gets it gets uh, a lot of shit because of that last 30 minutes or so where it's um that whole dr satan um thing but i do like the fact that a lot of people thought it was a dream sequence they didn't even really think it was happening he never really says it. i think he did say that it was happening but nonetheless it kind of leaves it open for interpretation and then even the way the movie ends, I think it has a really good ending. So for me, I can overlook some of that weird Dr. Satan stuff. Um, but I think it was a great, great um, addition to horror. And I, re- I really appreciate the characters and then what he was able to, to transition that into. So for me, House with Thousand Corpses comes in at number three. Nice. Nice choice. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for 
<laughs> putting that movie as my honorable mention, but whatever. <laughs> Can't take it back now. It's fine. <laughs> I'll take whatever hate I get. So, um, well, if you don't mind me asking, what were the things that you, you said you had a few things that you could just point out and, and that you didn't appreciate, or you didn't like, or that you just thought maybe shouldn't even be in it? Um, I think the whole, I think what you were saying with the whole, like, going down into the well thing and that whole like Dr. Satan thing. Like I understand it more now, but I think still like at the time I was just like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening here. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And it's just, I, I think it's just certain like things that just kind of take me out of the moment that he does sometimes like that whole scene with like the, the grandpa, like you were mentioning, like there's just some stuff that I'm just like, did we have to go that far? <laughs> Like, did, did we have, do we have to really? Okay. I guess we're, I guess we're going there. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just, it's just certain. And, um, I have a perfect example of that when I say, when I bring up my number three, but, um, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy this film, but yeah, it's just not super high on my list. So, okay. But, uh, yeah. So my number three is going to be 31. Beautiful. So pretty high up there actually i would say um i enjoy this film because i feel it it is slightly different from his other films as well like it's it's kind of the same concept you get like a group of people that are you know being you know uh, hunted down and murdered by these crazy fucking people but i liked the i liked the whole you know they have to survive for it kind of gave me like purge slash like hunger or uh, not hunger games battle royale vibes almost in a sense because it's like these people have to basically face off against all these different like levels of fucking people so and i just i love i love the the setting of this place i love the way everything looks i love all the different characters that you get like especially when you were when you mentioned the the nazi guy the nazi midget guy he's fucking hilarious in this film <laughs> like he's so he's so funny in this film and like I just, I don't know. I just love all the, all the different characters. And I love that Sherry, I feel like this is one of Sherry Moon Zombie's best roles, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she does great in this film. Um, there are certain scenes, however, that I'm like, oh, well, really? Like the whole scene where he's like, where Doomhead is having sex with that one like stripper or whatever in his freaking, tr- it's just a gross scene. Like, I'm just like, I don't want to, there's just certain scenes and that's, I guess I'll get into it while we're talking about that. That that's one of the things that like kind of bugs me sometimes about Rob Zombie is just like his whole like why do we always have to have this like hillbilly grindhouse aesthetic in every single movie? Can it can can it can it be something different for once? Like I I appreciate it, but at the same time, it's just like it gets kind of old seeing like the same like long-haired people and they're all like just like the same kind of, i don't know you know what i mean yeah no I, I can appreciate that for sure um for me i expect it like honestly it would be <laughs> yeah. weird for me to watch a rob zombie movie and it not have that vibe because i feel like his movies you could put any one of them on and you know it was a rob zombie movie just by the way it looked yeah and the, the types of characters that are written into it um yeah, so I don't. I think and there's scenes. I think that you, in every one of his movies, there's probably a scene like that where people think, okay, why does this need to be in here? Right. Um. Again, for me, I think that Doomhead scene was to make people feel uncomfortable, and it yeah it achieves that. Yes, it does. <laughs> Speaking of Doomhead, though, I really 
what I really love about this film is that whole opening scene that's just him like talking to the camera for like three or four. It's so good. Like that whole fucking scene is so good. And like from a cinematography standpoint, I think this is one of his better looking films. Like, like from just, you know, an aesthetic standpoint, I really love the way that this film looks like it still has like that grindhouse feel. It's very, you know, seventies, very, very that, but I love the, I just love the colors. I love the, you know, the shots that he films and oh, it's just, it's, it's a very nice looking film. I will say that like it's and that's that's why it's really high on my list just because i just feel like it has a a really good cast of like colorful characters like i don't feel like there's a lot of characters that blend into each other they all are different in their own right so right. I, I i do appreciate this movie i feel like this movie is very underrated i remember when i first heard that this movie was coming out i was very excited for it and i i was never a huge rob zombie fan but i was still excited to see it because i was like ooh this sounds like my cup of tea, like a bunch of people in like a fucking abandoned, like factory trying to fight for their lives for, from like all these different people. So I was excited and it definitely didn't disappoint me. So yeah. Are there any other things you want to say about 31? No, I don't think so. I think that, uh, between me at, uh, having it at five and talking about it and I'm, I'm impressed. It's that high on your list. Honestly, I didn't expect it to be in your, in most people's lists. So I'm impressed. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I don't know if um, <laughs> other people are going to agree with that, but whatever. Nah, fuck them. Opinions are like assholes. We all have them, so. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, what's your number two pick, Josh? All right, my number two pick is going to be Devil's Rejects. Um, I have it just above House of a Thousand Corpses. I probably like Rejects more than corpses that's why i put I, the reason i put it ahead of corpses is because um if i'm gonna pick one to watch it's probably gonna be that one just because um i just think it's entertaining i also like the change that he did from corpses to this where um they're not just at that house and the other thing i think that people overlook with house of a thousand corpses is it doesn't show a depiction of their everyday life like those they arrived there for their halloween celebration so that's also why that family is acting even more um crazy which they are because they're crazy right but even more like with the baby dancing up and singing and the grandpa doing the comedy show and they're like dinner that they had like it doesn't show the normal everyday actions of that family which i think you get more of in the devil's rejects now they are on the run the entire time and it really takes that whole family and dwindles it down to just the core three which are uh baby otis and spaulding which i also like um but yeah no i just i think that it's it's a really well put together movie he expands upon those characters that most people already like from house of a thousand corpses and he really gives them their own um won't say their own personality because you really do see their personalities in the first one, but I think he really dives into that. And and for me, it's just an entertaining movie and yeah, it has that grindhouse feel. It's got that Texas chainsaw feel to it still. Um, but I really, I just, I really like. And again, even, yeah, I get it. He, he does his characters cuss a lot and they say some off the wall shit, but I don't know. I I enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you on that for sure. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about it before? 
Yeah, I guess I haven't brought it up yet, but I also love his scores in his movies, especially the music that he puts. A lot of the music he puts in his movies is are, is not music that you would historically or regularly see in a horror movie. So I think it's that's also a unique aspect of what he brings to it. And as, as you know from talking to me quite a, a bit over the last month or so, is that I'm very into music, and I just really appreciate that aspect that he does off the wall things with, with his scores and with, with the music that he adds to the, the movies, but this movie in particular, the way the whole movie ends with that shootout is in my opinion, brilliant. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, I actually, I'm really glad you brought up the score aspect because I wanted to bring that up when I uh, was talking about Halloween two and Lords of Salem like perfect examples of like scores that I love. Cause I love the score in Halloween too. Like I love the score in Halloween as well, but it's just kind of a, a rendition of the original Halloween score that John Carpenter did. Right. So it's like, there's not a whole lot different aside from like some stuff. Um, but Halloween too had, it's in, like an entirely different score from anything. And so right. like it didn't have like any sort of like reference to John Carpenter as far as like the sound or anything like that. And I really, I specifically, love the score at the beginning when Lori is walking down the street and it's just like you hear like those weird like women like say I don't know what they're you can't even understand what they're saying but that score is so eerie to me Uh it gives me chills and there's just something about it that's like same with Lords of Salem like for example the album that she listens to it's just so fucking creepy and weird and just like the I don't know. I love, I, I also agree with you on that. I second you on that because I think his scores are so fucking unique. So yeah, yeah, yeah. My, oh, my number two, we got to go with my number two now. Mm-hmm. All right. So my number two is Halloween from 2007. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. I know you wanted, probably don't wanted it to be number one, but it's your, it's your <laughs> list, my man. Sorry to disappoint you, buddy, but um, I, like I said, I won't go into it again, but you know, when this movie first came out, I didn't like it as much, but I've learned to appreciate it. I do actually like the backstory with Michael Myers now, like giving him more of, I don't know. Cause it, it, in the original, I do love that Michael Myers is just this personified as just this evil entity that just walks around and just kills for no reason. I think that's still terrifying and in its own right. But I think what John or what not John Carpenter, what Rob zombie did differently with his is he, he gave you more of a backstory on, you know, where he came from, why he is the way he is. And it, it almost kind of makes you feel more sorry for Michael Myers. Like you're almost like, I kind of feel bad for him, even though he's going around like slashing people and killing them. <laughs> like you still kind of feel bad for him. Cause it's like, you know, if, if one thing would have been different, like this would never, have, you know, this would never have happened. It's just, and it's kind of tragic in that sense that like you think about, you know, a lot of serial killers that grew up that way. Like imagine if one thing, you know, one, one or two things would have been different. They probably wouldn't have grown up to lead that kind of lifestyle. So it's like, I kind of like that direction that he takes where, you know, you have the whole first half of the movie where it's just basically Michael in his childhood years and then he goes to the asylum and then, you know, then it kicks off, you know, the whole second half with Lori and stuff like that. I really like that. And I, I didn't realize how much I appreciate it now that I like went back and watched it later on in life. And I don't know. I just, I really do appreciate what he did with this movie. I don't, I don't understand now that I'm older and I, I understand it more. I don't understand the hate that it gets honestly. Cause I just feel like it's, it's so much more, 
of his vision than it is you know and i appreciate i also wanted to say that i appreciate the fact that he refused to do this film unless john carpenter was okay with him doing it like that that was that was really cool when i read that i was like well that mad respect to that because i just feel like a lot of filmmakers wouldn't have that kind of respect to the original to want to you know reach out to the director and be like hey i don't want to do this unless you're game for me you know doing it so yeah um, absolutely and I, and I just, you know, I just love, I love all of the characters in this film. I love, you know, the three girls. I love Daniel Harris. I love Annie. I love, you know, Lori, Linda. I love all of them. So, um, and I also like that Annie survives in this, this rendition too. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it was something I wasn't expecting when I watched, when I watched it the first time, cause I was expecting her to die because, you know, in the original, they all die except for Lori. So I was like, that's kind of refreshing that she actually survives. <laughs> So <laughs> she might, might've wished she didn't, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my number two. So, well, that actually plays very well. Cause as you can probably expect, that is my number one. So we can, we can just go right into it. Um, yep. Yeah. I've, 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 I've talked about it to exhaustion. Um, I think if you really want to hear an in-depth dive, I did a, a really good podcast with, um, a nightmare on Elm street or a podcast on Elm street. Sorry. <laughs> and two chicks in a horror flick where we dive into all of this, uh, the psychological aspect of it more probably on two chicks in a horror flick. So if you want to hear that, uh, definitely go check that episode out. It was came out in October of last year, but, um, th- this movie to me is really t- split into two, two parts. The first part is the, the beginning where you really get that deep dive into Michael and what, what triggered him. And there's this scene. I talked about it at length, uh, a while back, but there's a scene where he's sitting outside eating candy by himself. His sister's in the house with the boyfriend messing around. The shitty stepdad's there watching him. His mom left to go to work. She's a stripper. And you see all these people walking behind him. And it's just these normal families, these kids that have friends, they're out trick or treating. He's there by himself. And his mom had told him before she left to go to work that, Hey, you better live it up tonight. Cause tomorrow things are changing. Yeah. And you just see this change in the actor. I forget his name off the top. It's a, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he did a really great job playing young Michael. And you just see this switch that flips and he just goes into the Michael that we all know. Right. But before that, you see all these things that happened to him. Like you said, maybe if one thing had been different or, or one person had been nice to him, like that may have changed everything. And I think that is very true with, with, serial killers, which we're finding out the more you see these true crime documentaries or these TV shows that they, put out that that's true that these people did grow up like this and they were tormented and they did have all these demons they were fighting and that's how they they let that demon out right and i think that's a great depiction and i said this earlier before i i think this movie came out too early i don't think in 2007 we were having these in-depth conversations about mental health and how relevant it is to a lot of people i personally have never struggled with that demon um so i can't speak from experience but i can sympathize with it and yeah. and see that through friends through other people that yeah this this stuff is real and this is how people act and i feel like if this movie had come out more recently within the last three or four years it probably would have gotten a better reception because the stuff he talks about and shows in that movie are relevant they are true oh, yeah. even today and it's it's a it's it's real to me uh, that's the first part of the, movie. the second part of the movie to me is basically just a rendition of uh, a more brutal uh, portrayal of the first one 
and fast forward 45 minutes or so and but you do i think you get different um dynamics between characters in the first one uh with john carper's version this this girls are really mean to Lori. they to me they kind of they kind of use Lori because they need her to babysit for him whereas in this yeah. one you really have that camaraderie and they really do more so feel like sisters to me than in that so i think he did a really great job of building that character bond um but Again, I'll go on for four hours if you let me, so I'm going to stop there. But, yeah, I, it's a great movie. I think it's his best movie. Um, it's my favorite version of Halloween. Sorry, people get upset. That's my unpopular opinion. But, um, yeah, I think for me that's that's the top zombie movie for me. A solid choice. Um, also, I was going to ask you, Josh, would you like me to save Rob Zombie's Halloween for you so you can come on to my show and talk about it as long as you want? Oh, I would love to. Why not? I mean, uh, that's actually my goal is just to go on everybody's podcast and talk about Rob Zombie and try to get people to like it. I, uh, I don't know if it'll happen, but maybe we'll we'll try. So I would love to. I'd be honored. I will lock you in then. Cool, done deal, dude. <laughs> um, but another thing is, I've actually, and I don't know if it's going to make you super jealous, but I've actually been all to all the filming locations where they filmed Rob Zombie's Halloween because it's all in the same place as they filmed the original Halloween. So literally the scene where they're walking down the street before Sheriff Brackett pulls up mm-hmm. the, the street, when you go, when you turn right, that's the original street that the girls came around that corner on in the original Halloween. So, um, and then all the houses are in the same, pretty much the same fucking place. Like uh, Lori's mom's house is on that same street. Like the, the girls uh-huh. walk home you know, and see the car when she's like speed kills or whatever that her house is like on that street. And, um, and then the Myers house that they filmed at is like literally right down a few blocks down, I think. So it's like all in the same place, which is really cool. And so back in 2013, um, when I was visiting my boyfriend at the time, he lived in California and I, I took a trip out there and he, we went to all the places that they filmed the original Halloween, but then I also went to all the Rob zombie places. So it was really cool. I actually have pictures somewhere. I, I could probably post them for this episode, um, on the Instagram page, but yeah, I was like, Oh, Josh is probably going to want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) That's very cool. Yeah. Come, come visit me sometime and we'll take a trip to LA and I'll take you to all the spots. Oh man, I don't know if California and I'd get along very well. It's very, uh, very hot there. Oh, I love it. I love the heat. So <laughs> bring on the heat, baby. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. So my number one pick. Do you want to take a guess on what it is? Before um, I say it? it's going to be um, the haunted world of El Super Beast, though. No, I've actually never seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> never seen that one but no it's actually the devil's rejects hmm, great pick thank you yeah i um the reason why i have it above halloween is just because um with halloween it was such like a love hate relationship with it at first so with with devil's rejects i oh i've always loved that movie um and i remember it traumatized me as a kid specifically the scene where the fucking maid comes into the hotel room and the fucking girl is wearing the <laughs> the fucking skin mask on her face. And then she runs out and just basically gets splattered by the semi that scene. When I was young, I remember that is like burned into my brain forever because I remember, I don't know how I saw it or when I saw it, but I know it was a lot earlier before I started getting into horror movies. I just remember seeing that scene on TV and I was like, what was that? It gave me nightmares. (laughs) Honestly, it it fucking it scarred me for a long time. Like, (laughs) so just, and I, I love everything that you said, 
for example, about getting to know more about the Firefly Firefly family, like more about their personalities and stuff like that. Cause I don't feel like, you know, you get a whole lot of that in House of a Thousand Corpses. So it's it's nice to see more of like a a continuation of that story and like seeing how they actually are. Because I love the scene where Sherry Moon Sherry Moon is just basically like Chinese, Japanese. <laughs> you know and she's doing the whole fucking like dance in front of the the people in the hotel room like she's she's so funny in these movies because she's just fucking like so out of out of whack like it's just funny to watch her just go off on these weird ass and i i love her character like her character is baby she's just so funny um agree but i but I, I i don't know i just love the directions that this film takes i love the shootout scene at the end like you were saying um yeah, I I was not a big fan of Three from Hell though. I'm gonna be real honest with you. Really? Not. Yeah. Before we jump I, into that, I agree with what you're saying. I love the one of my favorite things about Baby and the first House of Thousand Corpses Rejects, and even Three from Hell, honestly, is that you oh like Baby is such a good character because you see that she's obviously mentally unstable, but she's able to yeah. like with a flip of a switch like get clear conscience very quickly like in three from hell when she stabs the lady outside and she comes back in and she's like dancing around she's like uh i think we should probably jet soon the old lady across the street saw me murder the lady out front <laughs> so it's like just stuff like that or like i don't know she's just like uh or when they're driving in, in rejects and she wants the ice cream and she's fucking with otis like i just found that whole thing funny so i don't know it, yeah. she is crazy and she like puts on this um crazy character that she does but then she's also able to snap out of it and and kind of act normal i guess for whatever you know whatever normal is but um <laughs> at the flip of a of the flip of a switch which I, which I think is funny it's just a testament to sherry moon zombies acting i think which a lot of people oh, say yeah. she's not a great actress i think they're crazy but see see i i i agree with both sides of that there's movies that i've seen her in that i'm like uh uh-uh, no and then there's like some stuff that i've seen like all the movies that I've listed, which I guess is mostly all of them, she's she's pretty fucking good in all of them. Um, I'm not a big fan of her in Halloween 2. That was a, oh, that is a perfect example of things that I wish they would have kept out of Halloween 2. I don't understand that whole, I don't like that storyline. The whole fucking like, to me, to me, it just felt like another reason to have Rob Zombie have his wife in another film. I know that there's more of a psychological meaning to it, like for Michael, from Michael Myers standpoint, like he's seen his mom's like ghosts and stuff. I didn't really think that it like did anything much for the film, in my opinion. Maybe you have some opinions on why you like that. I don't know if you like it or dislike it, but maybe you can shed some light on if, you know, if you do like it, why? But I don't know. And that that's another thing thing that i just feel like they could have completely cut out of halloween too and it would have been the same movie but that's just me you mean the white horse aspect yeah gotcha yeah. see i do like the white horse i think he does a great job of um i don't say segueing into that's not really the right word but he does a great job of at the beginning you see michael because she brings him the white horse right mm-hmm. when he's in yeah. the when he's in the hospital and then it's kind of um to me it has a few different meanings but if you notice throughout that movie there's actually a point where Lori starts seeing, Ju- um, not Judith, but uh, the mom, Deborah, Deborah Myers. She starts yeah. seeing Deborah, and she starts seeing the white horse. And I think, um, for me, I think Michael saw that all the time. We just never saw it until Halloween too, because 
yeah. I, I think it has to do with the four horsemen of the apocalypse and, you know, the rider brought with the death. And I think that that's when, and you see as Lori's slowly transitioning into that descent, she starts to see it and she starts to see Deborah. And, um, it just further shows their connection in my opinion. And I don't hate it. I, I, I do, I do get why people don't like it, but in my opinion, it's, I think people get caught up on it. It doesn't ruin the whole movie. I think if, if that is the reason yeah. you don't like that movie, then the, you know, you just, you're looking for a reason not to like that movie. Right. Right. And I, I completely agree with you on both sides of that. I actually, you know, now hearing you explain that, like it does it does make a lot more sense, you know? Um, and I also like you like you were saying when she's in the therapist's office there's a very like subtle scene that like Lori's starting to see the horse already cuz she's like what do you see in that picture she shows her like an ink block and she's like white horse yeah. like she like it, it's it's very interesting like I I do I do find it interesting but at the same time I feel like if you did cut that stuff out I feel like it wouldn't change a whole lot Sure sure the, the other thing I like about it again without going off on a tangent is that People talk about Michael who's supposed to be the soulless uh, evil entity that just wanders around and murders aimlessly, right? Yeah. Okay, that's great. But when this version of that, yeah, he's doing that, but you see why he's, you see what he's seeing through his vision, which I think is what Rob Zombie did a great job of is, because that's what this, his whole vision of this was to show why Michael does what he does, It's which is different from the other movies because in the other movies they don't, you don't really, I mean, you may or may not, but they don't really explain why he does what he does or, you know, how is he able to know this? How is he able to get here? Well, in this, these movies, it's basically her leading him through his own mind, right? And then, right. again, the whole point of H2 is to show the connection between Lori and Michael and how Lori, basically her mental uh, deterioration into being what Michael is. And it shows that that's that's basically what is guiding them. That's their guiding light, right? Is yeah, is that? And so I don't know. Again, I could debate that for hours, but I, <laughs> to me, I don't like it. Again, I think the, the people that really kill me are the people that say, um, and again, it's their own opinion, so they whatever. But it's that oh, that that whole white horse thing killed it for me. It's like okay, well, that's it's a two hour movie, and that white horse is in it for maybe all five minutes. So yeah. like. You're looking for a reason not to like it, in my in my opinion. But what exactly. do I know? What do I know? Yeah. I have a lot of unpopular opinions, as you probably know. <laughs> <laughs> you probably ruffle a few feathers on the daily, <clears throat> I'm sure. But you know, that's that. I mean, that's what I've always said, though, in my podcast. I've always said horror is so subversive, and that's why. That was another reason why I wanted to start this podcast is just because I love hearing, you know, everybody's different opinions because. You know, there's some people that love Halloween and then there's some people that absolutely hate the original Halloween. And it's interesting to know why they do, you know. Sure. And I love I love I just love the different opinions and like the conversations that you can get from, you know, talking about these films. And I don't know, I just feel like horror is just a never ending like com- topic of conversation. I could talk about it with you for hours, honestly. Oh, same here. And I think the cool thing is when you get two people that are willing to listen to the and this goes for anything in life i guess especially especially now <laughs> but when you have people that are well they have differences of opinions that are willing to sit down and listen to it and bounce ideas back and forth and well this is why i think it's done this way well this is why i disagree with you and this is why i think it's done this way um you may not leave that conversation changing but at least you get i think you get a greater understanding of maybe why it was in there or why it was done that way or why somebody liked it versus why you didn't like it and i think that you know if 
that's what these podcasts are great. And this, this, honestly, yeah. this community has been really uh, great about is listening to those differences of opinions and um, even going on Instagram and voting for Rob Zombie when they didn't want to just because, you know, <laughs> I sent him a message and told him to. So what are you going to do? <laughs> He admitted it. He cheated. I didn't cheat. You <laughs> didn't get on the record. Just kidding. You didn't give me any um, options, man. Come on. No, you're right. I didn't exactly specify the rules. Um, I don't personally vote though when I vote because I'm just like my vote shouldn't count. Um, just because it's like, what if my vote was the one that changed the things? And so just because I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this movie, so I'm going to vote for this one because mm. I didn't. I don't know. I, but. I, I didn't really want to have rules, so I didn't really specify anything. I was like, do what you want. I don't care. I think it's, I think it's all in good fun anyway. Like I, w- I mean, I, I made jokes about it, but I wasn't actually like upset that Rob Zombie won. Like I, I there, cause like I said, there are movies that I like of his. So I was like, okay, perfectly okay with having a conversation about it. So yeah, no, he's, just, a, he's a fun one to talk about for sure. Just cause he has a, a but he, honestly though, I feel like. People either really like Rob Zombie or they can't stand Rob Zombie movies. I don't know where you fall in there. Maybe you are right in the middle. I don't know. But in my experience, it's either people really like his movies or they can't stand his movies. I I think I definitely fall in the middle category with mm-hmm. that. Um, just because, you know, there are movies that I really enjoy of his and then there's some that I'm just like, eh, <laughs> pass, mm-hmm. you know. We'll, I won't put we'll them on you. it to watch them. So We'll um, get you there. You're going to be on the, the Rob Zombie train here before long. I can tell. I have a good feeling. <laughs> I think you're going to get me on that eventually at some yep, point. Yep. So perfect. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was our list guys. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with like Rob zombie with these films before we wrap it up? No, I don't think so. I, I think I, I pretty much covered uh, where they fall on my top five and why they're there. So no, I think I'm good. Kind of glad that our lists were somewhat different too. I'm glad that we didn't have like exactly the same movies. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, what's weird, the other thing is he really only, okay, yeah, the animated movie, but let's just take that out. He really has only got like seven, eight total, but really seven without Haunted World of El Super Beast, though. Um, so it's not like he's a director that's got, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Wes Craven or somebody, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, who has got like, you know, dozens of movies that we could pick from, right? So it, it, it to me, it's this goes even further than what I just said is that people have varying degrees of opinions on him and that even our list shows that only being able to pick from seven movies, our lists were not, you know, yeah, some of the same movies were on there, but not in the same spots for sure. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely agree with that. So, um, but yeah, that was fun, Josh. I enjoyed that. I very much enjoyed that. So I appreciate you. you. I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to come on here and, and uh, drool over Rob Zombie. Of course, I hope that you you know had a had a boner for zombie the entire time. <laughs> mild, mild chubby. <laughs> Your bulge underneath the table is uh, showing, Josh. You might want to put that away. Well, fucking Seth, I didn't have one, so you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> Guy's a real prick. Oh man, what a cunt. Yep. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah. Any any final thoughts at all about Rob Zombie? No, I just, uh, you know, if you disagree with my opinion, I, I can appreciate that. And if you want to send me a, a DM, uh, I'll be happy to, to, to discuss that with you or not either way, you know, whatever you want to do. Awesome. <laughs> so I guess that leads into the, uh, next thing that I wanted to do. So I wanted to test you, Josh, on your Rob zombie trivia. This was actually really hard for me because I was like, I don't know what questions. Cause like I tried to 
go with strictly like movie questions. Yeah. I did a couple of like personal questions about him as a like a person to see if he knew anything about that. But I tried, I ha- I think I have like one music question on here as well, but I tried, I really did try to stick to like just his films. So, all right. Are I'm, you ready to, are you ready to dive into this? I'm as ready as I'm going to get. Just so you know, I'm, uh, I don't know if you ever uh, listen to some of our older episodes, but we are not great at trivia. So um, <laughs> I, I hope that I don't look like an idiot here, but I'm willing to put myself out there uh, for, for the, the, we love horror podcast. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for, thank you for being the guinea pig. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be an easy question and you've had, you've actually answered this question a couple times during this uh, episode. So what was Rob Zombie's first film? Uh, a, the uh, Devil's, oh, sorry. It, well, I did a uh, multiple choice. I thought that might be easier, but if you know the answer, just shout it out. Well, it's corpses, but go ahead and give me the other options. <laughs> Oh, I just put the Devil's Rejects, Halloween, House of a Thousand Corpses, or Thirty One. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna go with um, Corpses for a Thousand, please. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, question number two: Which Rob Zombie film did Sid Sid Haig get cut from? A. Halloween Two, B. Lords of Salem, C. Thirty One, or D. Three from Hell? Hmm. Can you say it again, please? Yes. Uh, which Rob Zombie film did Sid Haig get cut from? And it's the only film that he's ever been cut from, like in his entire like filmography. I read this fact actually the other night when I was writing these questions down. So he had a scene in this film. It just got cut. Oh, I read me my options again. Okay. A Halloween two B Lords of Salem C 31 or D three from hell. Well, he's in Halloween because he's the caretaker, so I don't know why he would be in Halloween 2. So I'm going to say that's not it. I don't remember him in Salem. Three from Hell he's in, but he was he was he has a very small part because he was sick and, and couldn't film long, but he is in it. It's either... Oh, man, this is tough. I want to say it's 31, but... I also feel like it could be Halloween too because he was in Halloween. So they try to reprise his role. I'm going to go with 31. Wrong. It was Lords <sighs> of Salem. Fuck, I didn't even, I wasn't even close. <laughs> I mean, it that was, I mean, that's, that's an obvious choice though. I feel like I would either go Damn. with Halloween two or 31 too. I don't Damn. know. You know what? That was, yeah. All right. Continue. Now I'm mad. Go ahead. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I I feel satisfied as a um as in a question giver because I was like, "Oh my god, these questions are going to be so juvenile. He's going to answer every single one of these off the top of his head like no problem." And I'm going to be I'm going to be the one that looks like the idiot that couldn't have a- couldn't have asked harder questions. So, hey, at least I'm doing at least I'm doing fairly well. So. I, I'll throw a couple for you so you look better. Okay. Um <laughs> Oh, is that what you're doing? Is that yeah. what is that what Oh, I see. I see you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay, uh, so question number three. House of a Thousand Corpses opens with a clip from which classic horror movie? A, Dr. X, B, Freaks, C, The Vampire Bat, or D, The Old Dark House? Oh, my gosh. Um, <sighs> Is the Damn first it. one? Is the first one is a Dr. X? Yeah, Dr. X, uh, B is Freaks, C is the Vampire Bat, and D is the Old Dark House. Um, I'm going to go with Dr. X. 
Nope, it's D, the old dark house. Dude, I'm doing terrible. Hey, you got one, so that's, um, you know. I got the easiest one. (laughs) All right, so here's the music question for you. So what what was the name of Rob Zombie's debut album? A, Hellbilly Deluxe, B, American Made Music to Strip By, C, Educated Horses, D, Venomous Rat Regeneration Vendor, or E, Soul Crusher. What the it, fuck are these names? It's Hellbelly Deluxe. You're talking about his pers- his own single, not White Zombie, right? Just just Rob Zombie. No, I think it's his like, debut, like White Zombie. Oh, White Zombie. Mm-hmm. So it's not Hellbelly Deluxe, because that would just be Rob Zombie. Yeah. All right, same again, but not Hellbelly Deluxe. Okay, so B is American-made music, music to strip by. C is educated horses. D is venomous rat regeneration vendor. And E is soul crusher. It's either the last one or the second one. Um, God damn it. I think American made music to strip by is a Rob Zombie album. Is that is that the right answer? No. So it's it's the last one. Yeah. Fuck. Soul Crusher, huh? I'll give you half a point. How about that? <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I'll give you half the point on that one because you fine. you you almost had it. I so. told you I'm terrible at trivia. <laughs> All right, number five. What actress auditioned for the role of Laurie Strode but lost out to Scout Taylor Compton? A. Daniel Harris. B, Emma Stone, or C, Juliana Gill? It's Emma Stone. Yeah. Yep, yes. You're right. Can you imagine Emma Stone being in that movie? I can't. That'd be so weird. I like Emma Stone. I think she gets a lot of crap, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Emma Stone. I've always loved Emma Stone. So, um, But it would just be weird to see her in Scout Taylor Compton shoes, I guess. I don't know. I, I think Scout did a great job, though, so I wouldn't change it. But I do like Emma Stone. I think Emma Stone would have done just fine. Oh, me too. All right, so number six, true or false, Sherry Moon Zombie has appeared in all of Rob Zombie's films to date. I want to say it's true, but I feel like this is a trick question. All of his films to date. Does that include like his little shorts for the Grindhouse movies? See, I don't know. The, The question that I found online did not specify that. I'm assuming that if it's true, then yes. I don't know. Because um, she's in Corpses, she's in Reject, she's in Halloween 2, she's in Halloween, she's voiced as a character in Super Beast, though. She's in Salem 31 3 from Hell. So my gut says yes, but he made these little grindhouse shorts. Oh, he did a comedy, direct, he directed a comedy too for somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's false because I feel like you're trying to trick me, but. Uh. False is your final answer? I don't know. So ask me the question again so I can try to figure (laughs) out. Okay. (laughs) True or false, Sherry Moon Zombie has appeared in all of Rob Zombie's films to date. I'm going to say true, but I feel like it's a trick and I'm going to get it fucking wrong. No, you're right. It's true. It is true. That's what it said online. So I'm going by... I'm if. Just for the listeners, if these questions are wrong, if I'm asking the wrong, or if I'm answering the wrong questions as a um, a question giver, please correct me because I got these. I literally got all these questions off of offline, so I'm not wrong. The person's wrong. So it's their, it's their fault. He I refuse di- to take blame for this. I know he directed. Um, 
I know he directed some. Do uh, you remember the Grindhouse movie that came out a while back? Yeah, yeah. He directed some of the shorts in it, and I don't know if she's in them or not. But I I'm think gonna... it just. I think it just purely specifies like his films alone, like okay. without doing any like short films type stuff. Or I think it's just his full length films that he's come out with. So all right, I'm gonna go. And he did Tom Papa's uh, uh, comedy special too. He directed it. So anyway, I'm gonna take my I'm gonna take my right answer and run with it. So. So true then. Yeah, sure. Yep, you're right. Am I 50-50 right now? Three three right, three wrong? I believe so, yeah. Holy cow. So, all right. So this is the final question before I get to the bonus question. So okay. final question number seven. What pet does Rob Zombie own? A, cat, B, crocodile, C, dog, D, snake, or E, tiger? <sighs> probably a cat but i thought i was thought you were gonna go for goat because they got a bunch of farm animals um okay read them again all right a cat b crocodile c dog d snake or e tiger i feel like crocodile and tiger are definitely out i feel like this is another trick question because i want to go with cat because he seems like a cat guy Mm -hmm. but he could be a snake guy as well i'm gonna go with my gut and say cat Nope, it's dog. Fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, well, you stumped the dummy on this one. Yes. I succeeded, guys. All the listeners out there, I beat Josh at his own game. Thank you. You did. Thank I told you, though, I'm terrible at trivia. That showed when we did Porcelain Peaks trivia episode, and we got skunked. I feel like everybody got skunked on there, though. Like, oh, honestly, man. like... You can't do trivia like Porcelain Peak does trivia. Let's be real. Like That's true. Anthony is the king of trivia for a reason. So <laughs> he he uh, also takes breaks in the middle of trivia to go to the bathrooms. I think he takes the card in there and reads it. If you don't mind. Yeah, opinion, he probably but... goes on his phone and is like, okay, let's see what. Okay, mm-hmm. what's this question? You know. All right, cool, awesome. <laughs> Man, um, so I did but, not do well. Did not do well. Hit me with the bonus question. Maybe I can end it with end it even here. Well, there is no wrong answer with this bonus question, if that makes you feel better. It's actually more of just a, a comedic thing, because I've heard you mention this a couple of times in a couple of episodes that not only you've done on yours, but you did with a podcast on Elm Street as well. So my question for you is, why did you get blocked by Scout Taylor Compton on Instagram? I want to know that. I I myself, and I'm sure everybody that listens to your show wants to know why. I'm very curious as to what you did that was so bad that she had to block you on social media. I want to know. Oh man, I forgot I said that. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna tell. It's gonna be. I'm gonna take it to the grave. Oh come on, Josh! Don't nope. do that to us. I'll never reveal the answer to that question. I feel like the <sighs> FBI is watching me now. How about off the record? Will you reveal the question to me? The I question. I'll reveal the question to you. Yeah, I won't give you the answer, but I'll tell you or the, the question. Or the answer. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you uh, reveal the answer to me off the record? I promise I won't tell anybody. Uh, maybe we'll see what happens. Okay. Was it really that bad? Oh, it was awful. Oh shit. Oh damn. Okay. Now my mind's now my mind's going. I'm like, what could Josh have possibly done? That's what I want. But, I just want everybody's minds to go crazy and <laughs> in a downward spiral. So. So in other words, it's not even that bad at all. It's just you probably like harassed her a million times, and she was like, okay, blocked. <laughs> or maybe it was a, a a fictional story to begin with. No one will ever know the true Ooh. the true answer. Very true. Like, All right. like the man himself, Rob Zombie, I may I like to fuck with people mentally, so Okay. Man of mystery is what you what yeah. you like to call yourself, huh? Exactly. The man of mystery and little trivia. <laughs> All right. Well, 
Yeah, that ends the trivia portion of this. So, I mean, I think you did okay. Yeah, those were some hard questions, honestly. Oh, good. Well, then I did my job because I was like, honestly, I was sitting there like, what the fuck are these questions? These are like elementary school questions. Oh, Josh wow. Just didn't get them, like right off the top of his head and... I guess not. So. I failed. I failed you with the elementary questions, but you did a good job. You put together some tough ones. So I'm, I'm actually embarrassed. Oh, don't be embarrassed. You did. You did fine. You did good. At least you didn't get all of them wrong. So that's true. You got what? Three and a half out of seven. So, I mean, yeah, sort of three, three out of three out of seven, three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, great. So there you go. You only missed four, four questions. <laughs> you're good <laughs> you're about you're a little bit below average but you know whatever that's hey, what's what i've been my whole life so i just roll i just run with it so you just roll with it yep you're like it's what i'm accustomed to so. exactly i don't want to set the bar too high people will start to expect things from me exactly you don't want to show all of your cards never so <laughs> but uh yeah um that was a fun episode josh i had a blast doing this with you same dude i appreciate you having me on of course thanks for coming on um did you want to quickly plug in your podcast again before we go? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I'm one third of the Horror Movie Crew podcast. We release episodes every Wednesday, sometimes Tuesday, if I'm feeling like I want to release one early. But we're a weekly podcast. We get together, discuss some of our favorite and not so favorite horror movies. Um, and basically, we just sit around for about an hour and a half, make fun of each other, laugh, uh, go through our favorite horror movies scene by scene kind of dissect those scenes and then we rate them at the end and uh you can find us on all social media platforms apple spotify amazon music um we're on just about everywhere we're on instagram at uh horror movie crew podcast so like us on there and if you do listen to the podcast please remember to rate and review so that you can help us uh boost our boost our standings very well said josh Thank you for, thank you for letting the listeners know that. Um, again, thank you, Josh, for coming on the show. It was a fucking blast. I'm excited to come on to yours. And, uh, I guess before I go or before we go, um, guys, please check out the horror movie crew podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, give them a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts. Please let them know how much you appreciate the show because their show is really awesome. You guys do such a good job. I can't talk highly enough about you guys. You guys are fucking stand-up people and I love each and every one of you. So oh, thank you. Hopefully me more than the other two though. I mean, they're just kind of, they're okay. Well, you know, we won't tell them that, but right. you know, deal. You're, you're my, you're my number one, Josh. Oh, you're my number one. You're my, you're my number one sexy motherfucker. So oh, thanks dude. You're welcome. <laughs> As long as I'm your number one, you might want to boot Seth down. So uh, I don't know. You guys have to fight for it. Uh, I will go down swinging then in blades of glory. <laughs> I... <laughs> Bring it on, Seth. <laughs> I'm not going to oh. touch that one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at the We Love Horror Podcast. Um, I also have a Twitter. I don't really post to it all that much. I need to be better about that. I... Roman and I started a Twitter when we first started the podcast, but I have not posted a single damn thing to that. Um, just because I've never been Twitter savvy. So same um, here. I don't see the point in it to be completely honest. I feel like Twitter is just another social media account. And I'm like, the only one I need is Instagram. So, um, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram at we love horror podcast. Uh, you can email me if you guys have any questions, uh, any, you know, guest requests that you guys want to do anything like that. Um, 
yeah, email me at welovehorrorpod at gmail.com. Also, it would be really awesome if you guys could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help this podcast grow. So um, yeah, as far as that goes, that concludes this episode. So thank you again, Josh. It was so much fun. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on. Of course. And so, uh, yeah, do you want to sign off with me now? Go for it, dude. All right. We will uh, see you guys next week. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Bye. See ya.